Hello and welcome to Victory Over Adversity. Your host is Heather Laurie of Special Needs Homeschooling. This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Welcome, my friends. This is Heather Laurie with Victory Over Adversity. And if you have been one of the friends who has walked along with me since I started my podcast, you're going to realize that I fell down on my sword quite badly. I got sick in July, ended up in the hospital, and it just it took the oomph out of me. Um, it has actually taken me two months, two whole months to kind of get everything back up and rolling. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about that today is what happens when mama gets sick. Come on, let's face it. Mama, you are usually the main caregiver in your household. Everybody looks to you. All the little eyes look up to you. Your husband looks to you for, well, what's for dinner, honey? And while our husbands can be absolutely a God sent, and I do mean that literally, to walk alongside you and pull your family through, um, the original reaction is to look at you. And, and your, your older children, they look to you. <laughs> so what happens when mama's sick? Well, I found out really quickly this summer and over the last few years of being um, extremely ill that everybody looks to you. And when you're sick and when you're in the hospital or when you're recovering from being in the hospital, I didn't have it in me. I had no room left in my brain to do anything but go, okay, I have to go to the doctor tomorrow. I have to take these medicines now. I have to take these medicines at four. I have to take these medicines at 11. And to grab my little kiddos and to snuggle with them and let them know I love you so, so, so much. Um, <clears throat> I didn't vlog. And I have blogged for over a decade. I um, I even took time off of my online jobs and I had to. And I, while I am upset with myself that I didn't have things a little more prepared and thus this whole podcast today, <laughs> I'm bringing you along with my preparedness. We are walking this path together today. Um, it was something that happened. And so I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to move forward. And I thank you for coming along today. So the question that I'm bringing before you, the question that I am wrestling with is what happens when mama is sick? Last year, now I, I told you a little bit about this year and it kind of sounds bad. And I was in the hospital for, I believe it was 12 days. And um, I had what's called sepsis and I had a video um, um a video uh, stay where they were checking for my seizures. So it was, it was a complicated stay. It wasn't easy, um, but it was nothing like last year. Last year, I was in over a seven-month period for 70 days in the hospital. And that is not including getting out of the hospital and then having follow-ups, then realizing in the follow-up, you needed a, I needed a specialist. Well, I needed to go to this specialist. And I had two doctors that moved on. So then they made more appointments for me to go to someone else in their clinic. And again, and again, and again, and I'm just, ah, where you... You do nothing but deal with your medical issue. But I also have children who have special needs. So I'm dealing with their medical issues. And people are like, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm like, when's Christmas? And they're like, four days. I'm like, 
what? When did that happen? Last time I was aware, it was Thanksgiving. Um, and it really snarled us up and it, it, it bogged us down. And, and as I am recovering from this most recent hospitalization, I'm going, all right, Heather, I need to figure out a better path. This is kind of bumping along, not really, no, okay, no, it's not. Uh, this whole house came to a stop for two months, something needs to change. And it was beginning of the homeschooling season and, and co-ops and support groups. And I'm just very lucky that it happened to be in that time of the year. And, and this is a blessing that, that I didn't have um, uh, opportunities where I was going to be going out and speaking at support groups because that would have just killed me. It would have killed me to, to tell if a, a group of families, I'm sorry, I know you have set this day aside, but I can't be there. Um, and so... In order to prevent that from the future from happening, I came up with a list of things to do, and we're going to get there, a list of things to do when you're still going along fine, when you don't have illness in the house, you haven't had a car accident and, you know, busted your knee, or um, you haven't um, ended up with the flu with all five of your kids, like some sort of slow moving train. I, I can't tell you how many large families I talk to that we just groan when that little one comes home from Sunday school sniffling. And you're like, no. <laughs> and over the course of the next two weeks, every person in the home gets the sniffles, gets the upset tummy. Um, you have one that's got asthma and, uh, in just the last few days behind my home, um, there is, they're doing some remodeling to the, uh, area and, uh, they decided for whatever reason to plow down all of the undergrowth and the detritus in this overgrown place behind us. And I'm like, well, one hand, I'm like, yay, that looks much better. Wonderful. On the other hand, I'm like, allergens blossoming everywhere. Close the windows because I had three asthmatics in the house. And I know we've already got a little bit of a, a, a head cold going on. A head cold plus um, allergens means three o'clock in the morning asthma attacks. I'm like, no, 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 no. But all of these things happen. Life is going to happen. So how do we prepare? before those things happen. And I have a small list here that we're going to talk about. I'm also going to talk about how do you prepare while you're rolling through it? Where can you right now, you're, you're dealing with a lupus flare, you're, you're dealing with um, just being chronically tired and you've started homeschooling for this year, but you realize your lesson plan is over ambitious. I do this every year. I plan for the moon and the stars and I have all of these beautiful, long Charlotte Mason lists of literature to get to. I have this, this list of experiments that I cannot wait. I look at Apologio, our, our science books, and I'm like, oh, oh, we can do so much more. And I have like 10 experiments a week. I'm, I, I did that once. <laughs> Just, and I, and now looking back, I can look at this and go, and you were thinking what, sweetheart? <laughs> but at the time, and I'm making these plans in July and August and back and forth online in groups with other people who are just as excited as me. This was the thing I thought we could do. But in reality, that's just not going to happen. And then you throw on the ever bitter dose of reality of being sick. And now you realize, now I realize 
that I really need to dial it back. So first, for those of you who are there, who, who just, you need help, you need help today. Um, I'm going to go through some of the things that, uh, that, that we needed to dial back immediately. And I asked my husband, I said, you know, honey, um, last year when we, when I was in the hospital, 70 days and he was daddy extraordinaire, taking care of the kids, paying the bills, doing the menu, doing the homeschooling because we are year round homeschoolers. Um, I'm like, what did you need? And he said, after we were talking for a few minutes, and we kind of shifted through the basic things, well, we need prayer. Yes, I know you need prayer, honey. And I put it into the church. I said, um, now, what do you need in a hands-on manner from those around you? And um, he's like, well, what I needed, I needed a curriculum, a lesson plan, uh, something that he could easily look at and not try and divine, you know, not try and, and figure out what I was thinking. And he said, and also there were times I was in the ICU at one point getting transfusions. I could not talk to him on the phone. He said, those days I had to just wing it or we didn't do homeschooling. He said, I need you to write down something in you know, black and white that I can look at and go, all right, you know, this child is doing BJU math. This child's doing um, science and this child in, in lesson seven and this child is, is learning cursive. Um, he needed something very specific and black and white. And that's how his style of homeschooling is. That's how he does this. Now, some of you may go, hey, I don't like lesson plans. I think, you know, I hate paperwork. They, they make me break out in hives. That's fine. Why don't you sit down and create a week long like a unit study, um, create uh, something based off of a lap book. In the fall session, you would love your children of all ages to learn about why the leaves are changing color because there is a variety of material out there that you could just pick up. You could uh, say, go to my Pinterest board under homeschooling fall and find what you have the materials for and go for it. Anything under that board is completely acceptable. Um, that's a good way to do it, especially if you're a visually oriented person. And, and this was something that my hubby said that he just really needed. Now, the other thing he needed, and this goes along with the request for prayer. And when people come up to you and say, so you're getting back on your feet again, because it's been two days since they heard, you know, please pray for my wife. She's in the ER. And he's like, no, she's in the ICU right now, or she's in the hospital and we just have to wait for IV medications to take control, she'll, she'll be there at least five days. Um, not a lot of people have had to deal with the the inner workings of chronic illness. And, and if you're laying on your bed and you're hurting and you know what I mean, because when you get up and you go to co-op, you put on the war paint and you make sure that you look like you have color and you don't have that lupus flare over you. You, uh, I had a, a beloved friend of mine when she came to mops would always wear long skirts and everybody's like, Oh, is that like a religious thing? And she said, well, I would prefer to be modest, yes, but I'm wearing long skirts so you don't see how swollen my right leg is because of arthritis and then circulation issues. She was hiding it. We hide our illnesses really well. Why? Are we trying to pull one over? No. 
do I want to sit there and talk with 30 people about the same illness that is dragging me down? Not really. Some of it's very personal. Some of it is frustrating me. Um, some of it is something that I just don't have clean answers for. Many times, chronically ill people, people who have chronic fatigue, who have joint pain, joint swelling, who have diseases, they don't know yet. Is it Lyme? Is it not Lyme disease? Is it arthritis? Is it not? Is it lupus? Um, is it mitochondrial disease? You know, it's the question is so lukewarm. The answer is so lukewarm that it's hard to to tell a group of people that you have a casual acquaintance with. I feel very warm feelings towards the people in my co-op. If they called me and asked for help, I would be there. Um, it's not necessarily something that I'm going to have a conversation that I only have with my husband. So please don't think I'm trying to hide anything. It's just not ready to discuss. Um, but my husband found that many people would want to get over it rather quickly. They didn't want to deal with the long-term and longevity of dealing with it. Uh, when I got put on hospice, everybody's like, okay, so I should get my funeral clothes. And we're like, well, kind of, but not really. Uh, we just don't know. We don't know when this disease is going to push to the end. And people could not understand that. It was very difficult. And, and even people we loved that were close to us, it was very difficult. Um, and, and so you get bound up in the, in the disease, you get bound up in what's it, what's it stopping you from doing, or if you really wanted to, you could be cured. And so people stopped asking about the kids, you know, how are the kids dealing with this? Or can I take the kids to, I don't know, American Heritage Girls this Tuesday and help you out? Um, Chris, you know, you're now the caregiver or mom, you're the caregiver. How can I help you out? Um, doing that can be very helpful. Um, sometimes in a family setting, uh, this is, you know, where are you today? We as chronically ill patients or as the caregivers of these chronically ill patients, we need to address that. First of all, with your beloved, your wife, your husband, please take the time to love on them separately. Um, take the time to not talk about being ill. Talk about your first date when you looked in their eyes and you were like, this is the one I want to marry. Uh, talk about your favorite vacation you ever took. But then there is a time to grieve over not being able to take those hikes in the woods anymore because your knees are are just too painful. Um, to take the time to realize that your time together is winding down. I'm not going to hit on this one too much because it's really sore right now. But there is a time in your beautiful relationship to grieve just as much as there is a time to be joyous. <laughs> Then there is a time to, to be with each of your children. And for those of us who have been blessed with many blessings, get ingenuitive. I know I have five shifting them and making sure that each one of them gets a, a concerted effort. Uh, really, eyeball to eyeball, every piece of tech down, I am paying attention to you. It can take time. It can take over a couple of days. But throughout the week, if each child really knows that they are so important to you, that yes, you are hurting, yes, you are sick, but I want to talk to you, it means a lot. And this can really help with your special needs children 
because their life is disrupted. And sometimes your needs versus their needs, there's a clash of worlds. And letting them know that just because they have an OCD that means that they just cannot go into a medical facility, that they they melt down and then this is horrible and they can't visit you in the hospital, that you completely understand and you you are not upset with them. Release them of that guilt um, and talk with them about what is going on right now. Also, there is another layer in here that you're going to run into. Many times I have people who come to me and will be like, all right, I saw that you were in the hospital. So now what you need to do with your children is now I can give some advice here based on my experience. I cannot tell you exactly how to deal with your children. Um, and I, I prayed over that section a lot of what should I recommend and what should I stay silent about? And I have had, because of this, because I have had people come and they have recommended to me diet choices so that children could be more flexible. <laughs> I've had people recommend um, letting my children go to a whole summer long camp. Well, I'm homeschooling them because I choose not to let the village uh, take care of my kids and raise my children, why would I send them deliberately off to a place that was completely away from me for months at a time? Yes, being ill with your children is not the easiest thing in the world, but we are developing skills, we're developing um, responsibility, we're developing our relationship, we're maintaining our relationship by staying together through the highs and the lows, and everybody's relationship with everybody from a boss to their beloved someday is going to have highs and lows. And you are developing those skills right now. It may not be the prettiest lesson plan that you ever wanted. It may not be anything you ever wanted, but this is getting us there. Um, as caregiver, we're homeschooling. We are the main educator uh, for some of the choices that we have made. We've, we've moved to year-round homeschooling. I am really kind of... Uh, a boho, happy, uh, I drift in and out of Charlotte Mason, drift in and out of lap booking. I, I just, what fits our season of life is where I go. My husband, he likes very structured. He likes very orderly. He likes A plus B plus C, you know, just a nice, neat, orderly manner. So in order to, to meet his needs and my needs, particularly in this time where I am in and out of the hospital, in this time where I am handing over the reins of homeschooling to him forever, I have learned to be more structured. It is more important to me that the children's education continue uninterrupted than it is for me to take stay in my kind of natural, almost, you know, whimsical homeschooling manner. And so we've made that choice. Uh, using material, there are some materials that are better suited for being able to pick them up and put them back down again uh, when you're sick and when you're not sick. Uh, the, you know, we have all of these great online options. We have uh, DVD options, computer options, um, and there's so many uh, book options out there, you have the time, and, and I highly encourage you to take the time to kind of look it over and see how flexible is this. If I have to stop and take a week off 
to deal with doctor's appointments for me and the kids or to, to, to unfortunately deal with a hospitalization or something like that. Is it going to be just fine picking it up the back next Monday? Or is that like a black mark because we're doing an online school that says you have to be there Monday through Friday? Um, so take the time to look through the timing, the flexibility. Also prepare, 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 prepare as much as you can ahead of time. Uh, take one one day a month off. Have yourself an in-service day. Go for it. Uh, Sunday evenings, I take the time to make sure that did we do everything last week? Are we going to do everything this week? Make sure that it's in my, my little lesson plan. Um, and personally, I like, you know, uh, pen and paper lesson plans. There are online lesson plans. There's all sorts of options out there. Find the one that works the best for you, not the one that everybody in your support group is doing. Um, and go with it. <clears throat> Let's see. House. You are the main caregiver. So again, you know, you have your husband, you have your kids, you're doing your education. Now the house. And we are going to stick with the things that you are doing. Um, I'm not talking about remodeling right now because if you're dealing with chronic illness and you're dealing with sickness, don't do that. Don't add more to your plate if your plate is already full. If you're already struggling to deal with what's going on, if, you, if adding more could actually make your health even worse, let's take a pause on that. We'll get to it. Um, so house, the big things that are happening in the house is cleanliness and feeding. Um, my daughter, one of my daughters, uh, comes up to me every day at four o'clock when my medication alarm goes off and says, so what you making for dinner? Every single day. Yeah, I know it's an autism thing, but it forces me to think. And so what I've done is I put a whiteboard up. I am the queen of whiteboards, by the way. I put a whiteboard up and I put um, the menu for the entire week. So when she says that, I point at the whiteboard. So what am I doing? I already have the routine set up. I have a schedule set up. I'm also forcing her to read, which I will take that as a homeschooling skill. Um, it's a little bit of a, a frustration reducer for me because I already have that done. I already have it listed. I don't have to stop at the end of the day when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted. I'll tell you what, today I had um, Caesar chicken where we had some zucchinis we got from the produce store, sliced them up, uh, put some Caesar dressing, sliced onions and chicken tenderloins and threw that all in the crock pot around noon, turned it on low, walked away. It goes over pasta or rice at the end of the day. It's gluten-free and I'm happy. <clears throat> and um, let's see. Oh, another really quick one. I use my crock pot a whole lot. I also use an Instapot a lot. Um, and the main, the number one thing we make in the Instapot are roasted potatoes. I don't know why, but potatoes turn out absolutely wonderful in the Instapot. Turn it to manual. So you push the manual button. It'll pop up a number. Turn that number to 15 and make sure it's sealed. Lock it down and just let it go. And what I do is I, I, when I'm going to make a meal, like a skillet meal, like some sausages or something, I throw those potatoes in first thing. So by the time I'm done, it's already naturally, it's cooked them, naturally released them. All I have to do is unhook the top and then dish out the food for the kids and off we go. Potatoes are as easy as about 20 minutes away. So I do things like that. 
make out the menu. It also helps with the budget, which if you've got chronic illness, you're probably straining your budget. If nothing else, you are paying gas and food. You go back and forth to the doctors. Um, so these are the things that really help. Um, I have a couple of things here that, and, and these pertain to what we've already talked to, but if you have a healthy household right now, and maybe you're in between flares, you've been really lucky, uh, you've, you've gotten your lupus under control, which, hallelujah, I know how tough that can be. Um, or you're, you're looking at the kids and you're saying, all right, right now we're going through a really stable phase, but I see the teenage years are coming, so I want to do some things that'll get me ready in case my family is dealing with high intensity, medical needs, issues again. So uh, the biggest thing is create a routine. This does not have to be a schedule down to every 15 minutes, but create a routine that everyone knows when we're doing homeschooling days, when we call them work days, when you're doing work days, this is the schedule. This is when we wake up. This is the day we take the trash out. Um, and you roll along. And in that routine, will be chores and tasks. Get your kids used to chores and tasks. If your kid can toddle along and throw the pillows off the couch, they can put the pillows back on the couch. If you can have a little helper there pulling stuff out of the dryer, perfect. First chore done. You get to do the little happy dance with them in the laundry room. They feel so glad because they've helped you. You feel so glad because you know you're training them to be wonderful, you know, responsible young teens and eventually adults. That's what we're here for. That's what we're aiming for. Um, menu. Make a menu. We can talk about this some more later, especially with dietary restrictions. But I have found that a menu has helped our family tremendously. It has helped calm anxieties that occur about schedule and routine. It has helped us stay on diet. It has helped my budget. And I love cooking. So <laughs> I may, I may uh, drag you guys through a whole bunch of recipe uh, podcasts at some point. Um, medication list. If there is these, no, no. Okay. Anybody who is on medication, anybody who has children who are on medication, please make a list and tape it to your refrigerator or tape it to, like, if you have a, a medication cabinet, tape it to that so that if Lord forbid, but if you should need an ambulance or if you should need an emergency run, you can either grab it immediately and take it with you, or if you're the one going in the ambulance and your children are staying at home with grandma, she can look at it and she knows, all right, we have an asthma attack, two puffs in the, in the chamber. All right, we can work this out. But if they don't know what they're working with, then your child may end up next to you in the ER for an asthma attack that they could have dealt with at home. But you forgot to make a medication chart. So make a medication chart. Um, curriculum or that backup list. Uh, if you don't like the lesson plan, you don't like working out curriculums, um, just make sure you have a one week long lesson plan so that someone could just dive in and help you out. Uh, I was pregnant. I was perfectly healthy. Well, I thought I was perfectly healthy. Uh, but suddenly I needed to be on bed rest and, and we're talking bed rest on your left side. Do not move. Uh, I was, I couldn't even get up to get the books that I wanted. And I found that I was only two rooms away from the room that I wanted with the books that I wanted, but I couldn't get them. And so it became a free-for-all, and we watched so much cartoons, I felt so guilty over that week, simply because I didn't have a backup plan. Pardon me. And finally, and this one is, it could be very tough for you, is to find babysitters. And 
I, I have kind of two tiers of babysitters. I have tiers of babysitters that are, are my family and my really close friends. And those are the ones that I go to. Those are the ones that I call up and I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> we're picking up one child, taking another child to the neurologist. We're taking mommy to the neurologist or something. And these are our friends. These are the, my go-to people that I just love to death. And I'm happy to have their kids over and, you know, return the favors, things like that. That is wonderful. I also have realized recently that you need another layer of babysitters. And these are people that obviously, you know, they're going to be watching over your children. So you should trust them just as much. But I needed someone who wasn't in the immediate family because everybody that was in the immediate family was going to the same funeral I was going to. And it didn't dawn on me that something that intense happening to the family, all of the same people are going to end up in the ER together. Um, so having someone that I really trust from church as a backup babysitter, again, that I'll be able to take those medication lists to, that I will be able to pull those freezer wheels out of and just, you know, throw them in the little baggie along with the kids as they're heading out the door to my friend's house. It was very vital and necessary so that if we end up in an emergency situation, I know my children are taken care of. So I don't have to sit in the ER with 105 degree fever and sepsis going, I feel horrible, but what about my kids? I can't be, you know, the mommy and me, I, I almost do not want to be treated until I know my children are taken care of. And I know many of you are out there like that. Um, and I'm also learning my lesson. My hubby set me down. He said, listen, if mommy is not healthy and mommy is not well, and mommy is not taking care of herself and, and drinking the water and, and taking her medications like she should, the whole family suffers. So I'm going to leave you with this. My friends pray for each other. Pray for each other. Uh, pray with your husband. Pray with your family. Pray with those around you who come up to you and say, hey, you've been on my heart. I want to pray for you over this time. Um, and when you're sick, accept help. Accept help from those around you. Be ready to say, yeah, you know, I do need help. I don't like to ask for help. I'm the one who likes to give help, but I'm going to give it. Um, and, and know that these bumps in the road happen. And sometimes you can't just take a day off. You can't just take a week off. You have a lifetime of illness ahead. But with some of these choices that we're making, our homes are going to run smoother. If you have a menu, your home is going to run smoother. If you have a routine, your kids will know when they wake up. All right, I'm late. I need to get up. I need to get going. Or today is trash day. So I'm just going to grab this trash and take it out before mom has to ask me. <laughs> Isn't that a surprise? So let's go ahead and let's, let's institute some of these changes in our life now before there's an issue. If you're having issues, please drop it in the comments. Uh, just a prayer request. Just, you don't have to get detailed, but I do want to pray for you. So just let me know. And, um, and of course, I would greatly appreciate your prayers as I'm trying to get back up on my feet and my kids. And, uh, for those who don't know, we're dealing with mitochondrial disease and, um, it's a genetic disease that is lifelong and it's progressive and uh, it <laughs> it zaps you sometimes. And this summer I got zapped. So for those of you who have been praying along, who've been asking how I'm doing and just supporting me wholeheartedly, I want to thank you. And I do want to give a shout out, a big shout out, because I missed it to the ultimate homeschool radio network because they had their fourth birthday and I read everything and I wanted to be there and I was listening to like Mel and Hal and, Hal and Melanie Young and was so excited about it, but 
I was just so tired still and out of it. And I have to say, the network has been absolutely gracious to me, and I am very thankful. So a special shout out, happy birthday to them, and uh, thank you for hanging in there with me. And now we're going to get back up on our feet. We're going to keep going, and uh, soon we're going to be talking about special needs support groups. If you can't find one, that's okay, honey. We can make one. And like I said, I think I'm probably going to drag you down the dietary uh, road, and we're going to work on some simple meals to do while we're homeschooling. So all we have to focus on is getting our little one to start reading. Okay, so getting our middle schooler to start reading. Sometimes it happens. It happened to me. And we're going to to just really take this year and we're going to make it a fabulous homeschooling year full of success and wonderful um, goals are going to be attained. All right, guys. So this is Heather Laurie from Special Needs Homeschooling and talking to you on Victory Over Adversity. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Victory Over Adversity with your host, Heather Laurie. If you would please share this podcast with your friends, visit iTunes and leave a review. If you want to find out more about special needs homeschooling, please visit Heather's website, specialneedshomeschooling.com, for resources and to read her long-standing blog. She has a book available, Homeschooling When Learning Isn't Easy. See you next time in Victory Over Adversity.